Welcome to the Plan Vision Podcast, where we share simple, straightforward investment and planning ideas for normal people. The description in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Do not construe this as personal tax, financial, or legal advice for your situation. Hello, it's Jason Lynch with another edition of the Plan Vision Podcast. Today, I want to talk about stock picking. Yeah, stock picking. You know, individual securities. Many people fancy themselves as above average stock pickers, if not astute investors. You know, people that bought Microsoft or Apple for peanuts back in the day. I knew it would be a top performer even back then, they say. And for the same reason, they never bought GM stock or Enron or Washington Mutual. Yeah, I had a bad feeling about that, so I never wanted to buy it. Well, let's talk about Disney. So for the roughly the past 20 years, January 2001 through February 2023, the compound annual growth rate, CAGR, for Disney has been about 7%, while the CAGR for the total U.S. stock market is a little bit higher, 7.5%, kind of close. I'll have a link to the CAGR formula in the show notes. But note that the standard deviation of Disney is almost twice that of the total stock market. It really has been a rocky road for Disney. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not picking on Mickey. But what about dividends? People like those regular ongoing dividends from high-quality companies like Disney. Well, if you own Disney, you already know that the last dividend was paid in January of 2020. COVID put the kibosh on those dividends. All right, what about Ford, Ford Motor Company? Well, If you own Ford, you probably already know that Ford paused dividends again due to COVID in March of 2020 and restarted them again in December 2021. If you're a longtime Ford owner, holder, not owner of a car, you may remember that Ford stopped paying dividends back in October of 2006 before the great financial crisis, and they did not restart dividends until March of 2012. All right, great, Jason, but you just cherry-picked those two companies. There's more than 6,000 publicly held companies in the U.S. What if we just buy a couple that are good and hang on to them? Okay, good, good idea, good strategy. How do you determine which stock to buy? Do you review the financial ratios? You know, what's the difference between a quick ratio and a current ratio? Do you analyze EBITDA? earnings before income tax, depreciation, and amortization? What about EPS? Basic EPS, fully diluted EPS, earnings per share. Do you listen to the quarterly conference calls? Every astute investor knows that every quarter, a company has a quarterly conference call where they take Q&A from analysts and sometimes media, and it's where senior management will give a report of the quarter and upcoming thoughts as to challenges and strengths that the company is going to face. So if you're not listening to quarterly conference calls with your stocks, I ask you, why are you not listening to them? Are you reading the financial statements? In particular, the notes to the financial statements. That's where the good info is. Are you reading the annual 10K and quarterly 10Q filings? Those are filings that are required by the SEC to be filed annually and quarterly for publicly held companies. Are you reading the 8K? 8K is very important. Do you even know what it is? It's used to report certain specified events, often within four business days after the occurrence of the event. Now, I did have to go into the SEC website to get good examples of what needs to be included in a Form 8K. I'll list off a couple real quick. Entry into and termination of a material definitive agreement, and a copy of the agreement must also be publicly filed. This is a huge deal. The company has to report if they're 
entering into a big time agreement or terminating said agreement. Also, if they have completion of an acquisition or a disposition of asset, delisting or continuing or failure to satisfy a continued listing rule or standard or transfer of listing, that's a bit complicated, unregistered sales of equities, material modifications to the rights of security holders, changes in your company's certifying accountant. Now that does happen frequently. Every publicly held company has to provide audited financial statements. And if the company has changed its CPA firm, you should know why. Now, it could be nothing nefarious at all. It just could be they're looking for a change. Maybe the partner left one firm, went to another. Maybe they really like the partner and want to stay with that partner. There could be other reasons that the current CPA firm left and that there's a new one on board. Also changes in control of the company. Also election of directors, appointment of principal officers, and departure of those. Amendments to charter and bylaws. So that's Form 8K. I would wager many people have never heard of it, let alone read it. Okay, are you tracking insider transactions? No, I'm not talking about illegal insider trading. What I'm talking about are the purchase and sales of company stock by the key personnel of the company. They're referred to as insiders. So you can find on the internet a list of insider transactions for every company and who did what, who bought what, and how many shares. Now, sometimes the purchase and sales are part of a plan that is already filed with the SEC, and that way they're actually happening throughout the year. But because they're part of a plan, it has nothing to do with ongoing performance right? So they're not timing it. But other transactions are done by the principals, by the key personnel of the company. And you should probably be aware if the people are selling or buying. Okay. Finally, what about the annual proxy statement? You know, the notice of annual meeting of shareholders. If you aren't reading those and learning about the company, you're merely a fan. Just like cheering for your favorite athlete or team or cheering for your entertainer, hoping for a championship or maybe a Grammy award or an Oscar, but you're not an astute stock picker. I hate to break it to you. Neither am I. Neither am I. All right. What about professional stock pickers? They know what they're doing, right? Right? Well, just like in The Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to that man or woman behind the curtain. Unfortunately, professional stock pickers really are no better than non-professionals. And unfortunately, a very perfect example happened this week. And I'm going to read this from the Silicon Valley Bank website. So this is right from the website. I've been tracking this story for a couple of days. On Friday, March 10th, 2023, Silicon Valley Bank of Santa Clara, California was closed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Subsequently, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, was named receiver. No advance notice is given to the public when a financial institution is closed. To protect the depositors, the FDIC created the Deposit Insurance National Bank of Santa Clara, DINB, to allow depositors access to their insured deposits and time to open accounts at other insured institutions. End quote. That was directly from Silicon Valley Bank in California. Note that the insured deposits are up to $250,000. You can have multiple accounts, but that's, that's the rule. So did the professional stock pickers see this coming? Well, let's take a look at Wells Fargo. Okay, so let's take a look at Wells Fargo and an analyst who has been tracking Silicon National Bank for quite a while. Now, note that Silicon Valley Bank, it was in the S&P 500 
when the bank was shut down, S&P said late on Friday that Insulet Corporation, trading ticker is PODD, will replace Silicon Valley Bank parent SVB Financial Group, which is under the ticker SIVB in the S&P 500 index. Okay, Wells Fargo analyst. On March 21st of 2022, the analyst upgraded the bank stock to overweight. On October 6th, again, maintained overweight. October 21st, 2022, December 15th, 2022, maintained overweight ratings. On February 15th of 2023, again, maintained overweight. And even on March 9th, the day the stock price cratered, maintained overweight. So I don't know if that recommendation came before or after the stock plummeted. Not to pick on that individual, I'm sure many analysts did not see it coming. Hopefully, people that have their money in the bank, if you are under the FDIC limit of 250, you are insured by the federal government. Okay, let's move on to SPIVA, S-P-I-V-A. SPIVA is the acronym for S&P Indices versus Active. And what that means is twice a year, the S&P Dow Jones indices, they compare active management, active equity, and fixed income mutual funds against their benchmarks over different time periods. Well, if you check out the latest SPIVA report, you'll see that again, active fund management performed poorly against the indices. The longer the time period you look at, the worse active management does. So, My conclusion here is that, look, investors are fooling themselves. We're fooling ourselves buying individual stocks because we, including myself, we don't really know what we're doing. We're merely cheering for our favorite team. We're cheering for a stock to go up, and that's why we're buying it. Thank you for listening to the Plan Vision Podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or comments on the topics covered. 